Welcome back everyone to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all up for grabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm one of your hosts, Greg Arietta, and joining me as always, the Louis Burger King. Oh, I was going to do your intro. The, bur- <laughs> the Burger King of Seattle. The Burger King of Seattle. Okay, that's actually pretty oh, good. Is that new? <laughs> that is new, I guess. Yeah, I do have a top 10 list of burgers. The, the podcast people don't know that, I guess. <laughs> it is going to be published on the page, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and joining us, Cynthia is here with us. I'm a little bit scatterbrained right now, but yeah. we're going Hello. with it. <laughs> and our guest this week is Jeremy Voss. Hello. Uh, yes. yeah. okay. I'll clap for myself. Uh, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into this. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm from South Seattle. Uh, I'm a junior. I'm studying computer science and NELK, which is Near Eastern Language and Civilization, but like no one knows what that is, so I usually just say Middle Eastern Studies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, uh, you know Club through Louis, yeah? I do, absolutely through Louis. He's been, uh, he's been trying to bring me to, to as much as, as I can go to. Thursdays are, are hard, but when I can go, I never, I never regret it. It's, it's, yeah. always, it's yeah. always something good. <laughs> yeah. So, this week, uh, you chose uh, Ari Fullman's The Congress. Yes. A little bit of a deeper cut. I hadn't even heard of this movie up until you told us about it. Oh, same, really, yeah. same. It's, it's yeah. a good one. I really like it. And I actually, I actually don't know where I like found out about it. I think I just, I think I just saw his his first movie, which was which was Waltz of Bashir, um, and then I think I just like looked up the director and saw that this was another movie he did, because um, I don't know like anyone else that who I don't know anyone who like knows the movie who I didn't like tell about it. Well, no, actually, so I found about. I didn't see it, but like you made me see huh. it. However, I didn't know about it because it was like. It was a time where I used to just check the weekly releases on Rotten Tomatoes, mm. and there was like a couple weeks where uh, the coming soon had the Congress, and it was like mm. very well rated, and there's all the buzz about it, and then it disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> I never saw from it again. I never heard from it again. Yeah, yeah I didn't even know about this film until you guys suggested it for the podcast. I had actually seen, or I had seen Ari Fullman's Walt of Bashir in my class last quarter for uh, film analysis and it was one of the films we watched so when you when i was like you mentioned the congress i was like what the fuck is this is about like (laughs) the united states congress or something (laughs) no and uh, and i thought oh this is an Ari fullman film uh but uh he doesn't make a lot of films he's only made according to imdb uh he's got four films under his belt 96 2001 2008 and 2013 so very spaced out yeah. Um, he on here it says he has one called Where Is Anne Frank and it's currently filming still. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. But, uh, That's cool, yo. No, I'm psyched for that because we want to see a good director, you know. I'm talking about it'll also play with animation. Or, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, this That's one. Uh, he is a very serious director. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Walter this year is about a war crime in the Lebanon War, right? Yeah. Um, so he is it's a very complicated movie. Yeah, it is, and it's also like unconventional because he's also for those who don't know, Walter the Sheer is about this man who has like blocked out this event in the is it the Lebanese War? What is yeah the the, the Second Lebanon War? Yeah. yeah, 
Um, and he goes to person to person that he knows was there trying to recreate yeah. or recall the event. And it's like playing with the plasticity of memory and how you mm -hmm. block out trauma. Um, this one is like a very meta, the Congress that is, is a very meta uh, science fiction dystopian film. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's also based on, uh, it's based on a short story that I haven't read. Mm -hmm. um, but it's based on a short story called The Futurological Con Congress. Um, and he said that he like read it during his army service um, and that he's been like thinking about how to make it a movie since he like was doing Waltz with Bashir and it took a while for him to like translate it into something that was like kind of about the movie industry and about like about his own like life. So it seems like he'd been working on this for like a while, which is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, when I first, the first act is all live action, and then the second, yeah. uh, the last two thirds are like pretty much all predominantly animation. Yeah, except for like, just a little, a little bit. Like I guess yeah. you could say it's at the end, like, like the epilogue little, act. Yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, which is in line with what he did with Walter Bashir. Walter Bashir nominated for best uh, uh, animated film yeah. when it was released. Mm -hmm. Um, and this one, I, it looks like it's the same animation studio. It looks has a little bit of the refined animation style. Um, but for me, I was like going in one direction, thinking like, oh, they're gonna like rip apart Hollywood because it's all yeah. the film. Yeah. Or before we get into like the analysis, let's give a synopsis of the film. Do you want to do you want sure. to do that, Jeremy? Sure. Like, uh, oh, that's hard. Yeah. Just like a, just like a, <laughs> it's, a pitch it's for someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, uh, like spoilers or no spoilers? Spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because okay. we tell them to watch yeah, that makes, beforehand. Makes sense. Yeah, so it starts out, um, like you said, the, the first act is, is basically, it's about Robin Wright in a kind of, I guess like in a universe where her career kind of like fell off after um, The Princess Bride and, um, uh, what's, what's it? Oh my God. Forrest Gump. After Forrest Gump. Um, and basically, it, it starts off with like her uh, in talks with her agent and uh, Marymount Studios, which is obviously like what was it Paramount, Paramount. and and Miramax, Miramax, yeah, like combination. Um, and Miramax. they basically said like you keep like shutting down our offers, you keep like leaving movies after you've like. Um, after you've decided to do them, like you, you keep screwing us over, you, you keep making terrible decisions. Um, and so we want to save your career by scanning you and uh, yeah, like scanning you and just having like full ownership over this scanned digital copy of you that we can just put in whatever movie we want and you can't act anymore after that. Um, or perform at all. Yeah, or like really do anything. Um, and so the first act is really her deciding uh, whether she wants to, to be scanned or not. Um, also, I guess we should also talk about her, her, her son. son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So her son has, I forgot what it's called, it's called Usher Syndrome Type 2, I think, where you like start going deaf and like maybe going blind. Um, and a lot of her motivation for like eventually signing it is is because uh, I think she like sees this kind of new futuristic uh, movie as like something that her it's kind of complicated but like that her son would be would be more accessible to her son if he if his senses go mm -hmm. which I yeah um, 
and then the movie skips 20 years later. Um, the same agency is kind of expanded and they built a pharmaceutical department that um, has been creating these kind of drugs where you like basically like sniff them and you how do you explain it you turn into, you turn like, into person. an animation yeah you go into like an alternate reality it's like your perceptual yeah. reality yeah. it's like specific hallucinations mm -hmm. yeah. um and they're announcing they had this big like basically tech conference called the the congress at their at the abrahama hotel um where they announced that they've like upgraded it and to the point where you can just you can just be whatever you want in this like hallucinated world, um, and then let's see, let me talk about that. Um, the, it's attacked. She, yeah, she's trying yeah. to she's trying to renew her contract then in the twenty years because she signed a twenty year yeah. contract. So she's trying to renew her contract, and the only person other than her who uh, survived uh, was. Uh, Tom Cruise. It's like, yeah, it's like very implied that it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. they, never, they never say they it. They never like, say it. He doesn't say it. He's word got a top gun glasses. He's yeah. got the distinct smile. Yeah. yeah. Which I didn't realize it's actually not played by Tom Cruise. I looked it up. It's, it's someone else. Um, I forgot who. But um, yeah, so she renews her contract, and the, the line is like basically the same contract, but now people can drink you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the conference is like attacked. The CEO is assassinated. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of left somewhat open from there because everyone's just hallucinating so much. Yeah, and animated John Hamm comes, comes in. Yeah. So let me yeah. ask this Trying question. This is one thing because yeah. at the end, I didn't. I thought when they take the drug, right, and mm -hmm. they go across that that border, right, it's in the open desert, right. So I'm assuming it's like. A Burning Man kind of situation where everyone is on drugs inside of like the <laughs> desert. Interesting association. I never because like that. at the end you had Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti's in this movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> um, Paul Giamatti's talking about how if she goes back and takes the drug, there's no like what she had seen before is not going to be the same, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a new perceptual reality, right? Mm -hmm. So it's everyone is in yeah. there at the Congress on drugs, or is this just the reality that she has and she's projecting? So everyone her? is. Okay. Yeah, and they, they had that line where they talk about like the si the science of it is, is a bit it's a bit stretched because it's like, um, you know it's 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 like uh, it's like an exploration. But they they have that line where the guy who looks like Adrian Brody but act but played by John Hamm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, totally looks like Adrian Brody. That's what I, I thought because they put a bunch of people. They put like Clint Eastwood in here. They put Elvis in here. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like they put a lot of people. Yeah who resemble Hollywood people, like, in, like for that fact, like, they, ex they explicitly yeah. do that because yeah. it's, like, part commentary yeah. on Hollywood, which we'll get to mm -hmm. in a yeah. minute, but they just fill it up with a bunch of, like, iconography from Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and people are, like, when you take, like, the kind of initial thing of the drugs is, like, you take it and, like, you turn into Jesus or, like... Uh, Picasso or like Beyonce or like mm -hmm. um, and like everyone sees you that way so there's it implies uh, and he says something about like your brain's pheromones or something like it's implied that when you take a drug you like release certain things like signals to other people and so they actually do see you yeah in a similar way it's the only thing that's uh, for me confusing about that uh, oh, element mm -hmm. is uh, 
the fact that like at the end when she you know she takes the uh, not the end not like the end end but like mm -hmm. right before she goes to Paul Giamatti when she takes the the pill uh, to get out of the hallucination uh, okay. uh, she finds herself in a very <clears throat> crowded place that is just you know dystopian as hell yeah. Uh, and all the animation just falls away. The, but the thing is, like, the animation is, you know, when when she's walking through, it kind of makes sense in that context. But like, what about the really big open spaces and stuff? Is that also just really, you know, based on the architecture of of the world that they're in, or is it based on like a shared what hallucination? The physical space that they're in is it shaped? Oh, by, like whether is the hallucination shaped by the physical space that they're in? Yeah. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of, but like, like if, that it's, it's both, like it's just influenced by like whatever is in your mind at that point. So like, no, but like what I'm trying to say is like, what if you're hallucinating uh, an open field, right? Yeah. And then there's a wall there, but there's no wall in your hallucination. Mm -hmm. And then you try and go to that open field. Will you go into the open oh. field as a hallucination? <laughs> well, I think it's why she went to the desert, but then when she leaves... You I mean, it's like 20 years later also. Yeah. It's implied that there's another 20 years. Mm -hmm. and like, yeah. So let's start from very complicated, very open-ended. <laughs> let's start from the opening, which is Robin, Robin White. Right. right. Robin White. <laughs> yeah. Playing Robin Wright. Yeah. 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 Is very meta, because she is herself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and she is, but like, it's like, you know, around like Robin Wright as if she like fell off the face of the earth, which mm -hmm. we had mentioned before. And the first act of the film is like a critique of Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. Clearly. So it is like Harvey Keitel is the agent for mm -hmm. Robin Wright. And uh, you think that the first, like the whole thing is going to be this thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then the film switches over into like this dystopian futuristic complex idea, right? Mm -hmm. So what is your guys' like take on that transition between like specifically very Hollywood to like a position where they're like looking at like how people deal with like a disturbed reality, right? I feel like people go to these hallucinations places because they don't like their own reality. Talked about the son who's gone like completely blind by the end of the film. Mm -hmm. He enters uh, this hallucinogenic uh, acid trip to like escape his own reality. And you see, you mentioned at the end, where they come out and all the people that are surrounding um, Robin Wright in this world are people who are like like impoverished and they're mm -hmm. like in this slum area where they're yeah. all just, like, just staring out. blankly mm -hmm. straight forward but they're all kind of escaped reality um, so do you guys think that this thing is like this thing is attack this movie is attacking a lot it is like yeah. taking mm -hmm. a huge huge like it goes from very pinpointed to like say this is what hollywood is doing to going to say like our society is fucked pretty yeah. much yeah. Mm -hmm. i feel like the the second part you know the 20 years after is a, is a good transitional period just in terms of like choosing the animation style which is kind of slightly disney-esque uh 1920s yeah. yeah yeah so it's like it's, it's showing you know, uh, these yeah. corporations well, it's Not interesting because it Miramax becomes a corporation, yeah, like a yeah. movie production is, company becomes a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. 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 Which, <laughs> which is also not far off from like yeah. what yeah. happened in the 60s where like all these conglomerates bought the studios yeah. Yeah. and the studios 
became like just a, a, a section of that mm-hmm. huge company yeah. Yeah. who has no business in Hollywood. So I really liked that transition when they mm-hmm. were doing it. I was like, okay, so they turned now into a full-fledged corporation and they're pushing their image, the Disney image, onto everyone and forcing them to stick by that. Uh, just how a corporation would, you know, try to seek they also like as pull, much power as possible. Pull like more broadly tech companies in. Like the guy's name is the CEO's name is Reeve Bob's. Like <laughs> that's kind of on the note, you know. Um, and like, was like it looks like Conan O'Brien too. It did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Which, yeah, you're right. Conan yeah. O'Brien is also Conan O'Brien. Yes, yeah. Reeve Bob's. Yeah. And that like that I, that also gets at like I think why I found this movie so powerful is like it's both so wild and out there and like sci-fi and also like all the like main assumptions of the movie are like kind of happening like mm-hmm. the the Ari Fullman talked about how he was like thinking of he had this like vision of the future of Hollywood and then when he was in the U.S. for Waltz with Bashir he found out about a certain like company in Hollywood doing exactly that and scanning wow. the actors and that's what I'm, I'm wow. pretty sure one of the guys I, on the internet was saying that they actually used the, their scanning facility for the scanning scene wow so like, okay that's actually pretty so that's kind of a scary wild. and it, like, it's totally happening like they did it in Star Wars where they scanned Carrie Fisher and then literally brought her back from the dead in the movie no I, I know that but I thought it was like, like it's not so. It's not to that extent, though. To the extent that it's shown, like in the movie, in terms of or like they how can't they scan. act. Yeah, like, no, um, not about you can't act, but about like how perfect the scan is. You know, supposedly. Oh, uh, like yeah. And I think yeah. it's like a perfect, uh, mm-hmm. you know, representation of it. I mean, the the reanimated Star Wars characters looked pretty real. So, uh, one did. Leia did for a little bit, yeah. some of the scenes, but like some were pretty obvious that she wasn't Leia. For I mean, me. It's not, it's not, it's not, not too bad for the beginning of the revolution. <laughs> Which is like a, yeah. Oh yeah, they like even showed a little bit of like the yeah, the bad glitching. movie that glitched. Yeah. 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 So you, you could totally tell that that was just actually just the real actors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was an absurd, hilarious scene. Talking about the scene where, uh, where, um, they're like showing kind of what, like a test case, a test run of this technology, and it's about a couple fighting because uh, the husband vote voted for the Bushes four times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. So, um, Cynthia, what, what did you think? About the, about the movie? The movie, yeah. Um, it's, I would, it's a movie that I think I'm gonna have to rewatch again, mm-hmm. just because there's so much going on that like, I feel like I missed so much of it as well. Like I could probably get the gist of what was going on in the movie, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was commenting on so much that sometimes I kind of just lost track of where I was going and it kind of took me out of the movie as a whole. Like they're attacking Hollywood. There are not like, a, they're like commenting on society and big, huge companies. They're talking about a mother and a child relationship. Yeah. And it just, for me, it felt like so overwhelming. And I only watched this movie like an hour ago. So I still need to process <laughs> what fair. is going on, what yeah. happened. For me, it feels like it's kind of like weighed down in some ways by its own premise because it starts branching out a lot. Mm-hmm. And it starts being, it's like science fiction, right? Science fiction is part of what makes science fiction comprehensible is if you can like economically convey what you're saying. Now you can be deep, 
but sometimes you end up like losing people when yeah. you start mm -hmm. like branching out. And I think like the what he's trying to like target gets really like broad based by the time mm -hmm. we start out focused and get out broad based. Like he bites off more than he can chew, kind of. Yeah, and that's yeah. just how I mean I kind of feel that way with like the middle part, especially when he says like you have the John Ham characters. I waited another twenty years, and I'm like. What it like we we had twenty years before and now we're jumping up like we basically covered forty years mm -hmm. in this entire movie. Yeah, um, Robin Wright did not age. Time is, <laughs> time is relative at that. Robin point. Wright, yeah. See, they they should actually just got the real thing. So for me, I feel like it was a little bit undone by like the broad scope that it tries to oh. attack or go after because like the whole Robin Wright thing is interesting. I'm not a Robin Wright historian, so I don't know, like, is this, like, how true to life is this, right? I don't right? think so, because House That's of not, Cards, yeah, she's she, doing great. You, like, look at her IMDb, and she's, like, got a lot of stuff. She's, like, she's in One Woman recently, uh, you know, she was in a, a Most Wanted Man, Moneyball, Christmas Carol, um, she's in the Solaris movie with Steven Soderbergh, oh, Unbreakable. She she's not, like, she's not, like, she's m missing stuff. Hold on, wait, is she in Solaris? Hold on. It's not like she's- Wait, does it, does it matter if she's, if her career is actually good? Or like, it, it clearly is, like, like she's a famous actor. But like, it's so meta that I feel like you almost like want to question, did her career actually like suck <laughs> that much? She wasn't in Solaris, by the way. I can't find it on here. No, my Google's, I have so many tabs open up that I must have taken for someone But else. like, why choose Robin Wright as the actor? Like she could have totally played at like, a totally different character like her it could have been yeah. like a fake actress so, whose comp, like career yeah. went down the drain but they picked like robin wright i found two interviews where he actually explains like his reason for the pick mm -hmm. and it was that uh it was when he was in the tour like when he was touring for waltz with bashir in the u.s um i think he said he was actually thinking of charlotte so, so and so for the main actor and then he met robin wright at like a, at, like, a party um and talked to her about it and she was like, wait, this, this like totally makes sense. Like someone, someone came up to me like recently and, and was talking about like scanning me and like w was very fat. She was like, she was like, I can bring this because like this is actually happening and like I have experience with it. Um, and she also felt that like, she said she felt that like no matter what other movies she did, that people would always just really remember her in Princess Bride and Forrest Gump. So House she, of Cards is pretty House big. House of Cards, now. yeah. yeah. That's but how I, I remember. When did House of Cards come out? It was like 2013. 20, 12? Is that like when this movie came out? I actually don't know. This uh, movie came out in 2013. House of Cards started in February 1st, 2013. Uh, Interesting. Okay, so, okay, okay, so, so really... that would make a little more sense. Oh, huh, okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so it would just be like so the two time, branches yeah. the of the universe. <laughs> Yeah. The multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, like, this movie, like, there's gotta be some, like, self-reflexive property in the film, right? If she is playing Robin Wright in the film, mm -hmm. right? There's gotta be yeah. some, like, self-reckoning with her own career, don't you think? But, like, I don't feel like we get that at the end, right? What do you mean? It's more like, focuses on her, like, relationship with her son yeah. rather than her career as a whole in the end. Yeah, and but at the beginning, it's, like, about her Yeah, career. exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm agree with you. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like it reflects, like, a lot of anxieties that I'm sure, like, a lot of a lot of actors have. Like, the idea of, like, oh, they always talk about her bad decisions. Yeah. And, um, 
it also plays with the, the question of like, are you acting for the audience, like to entertain them, or are you acting for yourself? And like, I'm sure, I'm sure she and like other actors are always playing with those thoughts in their, in their head, so. Yeah, but there's also the fact, like, I didn't see it as like clearly just about her career at the beginning, you know. The sun aspect was pretty clear from the start, especially with like the focus on him with some of the kite scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and him getting into trouble and she had. I feel like at the beginning, like, it balances that like aspect with her son and her career really well, and then towards the end, you just kind of lose the career stuff, and so. Because she lo- loses her career well, after yeah, she signs like, it, so there is no career left. But they focus so the much on the she even, she even tries to... It feels like incomplete. She even tries to sing at one point, right? Perform. Yeah, yes, I think that yes, was a, yeah, yeah. supposed to be a dream. Oh, that but was a dream? They do imply that like at the point where you're... Yeah, so there's like a few scenes where... Th- I only really got this after like the second viewing, but there's a few, there's a few scenes where like... Um, Jeff, the... Not the agent, the like... The guy who like she signed a contract with. Yeah. Um, well, he comes in and says like Miramount Police, and then like arrests her or like mm-hmm. kills her or stuff like that. So I think it's implied that those are are just like her dreaming while she's tripping because they don't because then she wakes up. Yeah, no, but wasn't like she in that dream? She like it's it's her younger, you know. So like after yeah. signing the deal, probably she might have. It could be possible she might have you know yeah. had a concert somewhere in Australia and. Or whatever. That's true, yeah. You know, and got and caught they, up. And they do explicitly that, say, like, she can't perform. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, yeah, that's, I don't know, for me, like, it was always about the, uh, you know, the story about the son. And even though it's, like, mainly focused on her most of the time, by the end of it, she gets what she really wants. What is her draw to her son? She just loves him? Yeah, pretty much. What does she do about Sarah? Sarah becomes like a rebel, and then she's <laughs> and then just like she's forgotten. like the only one that like can give birth in the her Sarah. Yeah. They, yeah. Go to, like, they go to like this field, and they see like all of these the naturalists. The naturalists, yeah. they're just walking around. But she's also like this rebel because like they yeah. see her. She was part of like the yeah. uprising. Yeah, there's also like you oh, know was she <laughs> maybe because of the disability of uh, because her he son can't see, compared right? to yeah. it has to yeah. be something with like he can't see, he can't see he can't hear either so so what's the point of being in doing those things? you see what I'm saying so that's that's also why yeah. there might be even more of a you know like yeah. uh, how do I say caring relationship for the mm-hmm. son because he needs more care. There also is the moment when they're on the hilltop, like she does try to, she does try to run, run at the naturalists and like find her daughter, but Which, the guy, but the guy said she won't find her, right? Yeah. Cause it's different. They take a different shape. You'll never know. Yeah, it goes back to the Giamatti thing where he's like, once you enter reality and then leave, you don't enter that same reality again. It's like, yeah, yeah. you've your seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. Changed, yeah. You've gone back to the real world. You've seen that and now you're in a different state okay. of mind. Uh, what are we gonna say next? What do we want to do next? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys thought of just like the general, um, the general use of like animation as a stand-in for like basically. I guess, I guess it could be symbolic of other stuff, but basically animation as a stand-in for like hallucinate, like drug tripping and hallucination, hallucination more broadly. I felt like that was pretty like. 
I feel, I feel like it worked really well as like a concept. Yeah, no, I've, uh, you know, sub, Reddit always has, you know, gifs of uh, how it feels to be on Salvia. <laughs> how it feels to be on Peyote and it's like animation most of the time, so. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's like that, I've never tried well, those drugs. It feels like the medium is matching the narrative requirements, right? So like, how do you convey, how, how would you convey like, Acid trip. Yeah. The only other thing would be to like Avatar the whole movie. Which yeah. I feel like would, I feel like would, would or enter the void. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that where they just slow the shutters down? Yeah. What do they do? We should oh, do man. Into the void podcast. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit! Damn. Oh, yeah. wow. That was that was a movie. Um, yeah, they do that effect, and also no, but they also have like CG as well uh, in it for some hallucination scenes. Um, Either way, no, yeah, for this it works because they, they even, like, claim, like, it's an animated song. Yeah, they're very explicit yeah. about it. They're not saying, like, oh, this is just how it looks like to have these drugs, and it's animated. We made them specifically to look like this, I guess. Yeah. Also, I didn't, like, the animation, I thought it was, like, a collective shared space, right? She enters this. Yeah. She takes this sniff, and mm -hmm. then she goes. She becomes a desert. part of this, like, concophony of drug tripping. Yeah. 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 That's so, what I thought originally as well, but then like 20 years after, I don't know. There's a little bit there, he, uh, Jeremy mentioned about like the pheromones, right? Yeah, I think, I think that's how you can like react to other people, right? Yeah, I think it's implied that, that it's both, that like you're, like for example, there's You're seeing also, your own thing, but you're also know yeah. and aware of the other people around there. It's like, I guess that's kind of why when she walks into that giant ballroom first, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you see people sniff and they become like Clint Eastwood from a few dollars more, and then like they immediately yeah. change back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they can like, that's who they think they are right at that moment. Mm -hmm. But other people seem that way too. Yeah. There's also that scene um, when they're in the basement. Uh, basement's basement? Basement the right word? I don't know. Like the bottom of the hotel when he's like, can you see my dreams? And she's like, four oh, yeah. crickets playing poker. And he's like, that's someone else's dream. Like it's implied that like everyone has their own experience, but it's influenced by everyone else's. Um, which also, she also gets at this like, I don't know if it's a theme or just like a subject of like ego death that they talk about a bit mm -hmm. um and like the question of like what happens to our like, like what happens to identity when technology advance advances so much yeah that's but I don't know. a hard one <laughs> it is a hard one uh, i just want to say one thing that i loved about the film is the soundtrack it's fantastic mm -hmm. especially when robin wright sings like uh, some of the songs even though it's not explicit that she's singing she's actually the one performing them Interesting. Uh, and that's, I only found that out after Wait, like going the through forever, the soundtrack. Wait, like the Forever Young one? I didn't realize that was her singing. That was oh, her singing. Sang it? Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Good it's time. very, very cool, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. And that's, that's primarily why I love this movie, uh, is, again, you know, I like style, and this is... Yeah, when I was stylish. watching this movie, I was like, Louie's gonna love this movie. This movie's, oh, beautiful. <laughs> that reminded me. Okay, so there's a few scenes both when it's animated and when it's real life at the airport. Yeah. Like with where the kite takes you there and they also, when they're tripping and then there's like the sex scene. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this messed with my head, but I was with my family in Germany like last summer. Yeah. And there's this... Um, there's this old airport that was used by the Nazis, mm -hmm. and then after the war, they basically turned it into just a giant park. It's just like a huge park that's just oh, an abandoned yeah. airport. And I was there, and I was like, I know this airport. 
that's the airport. <laughs> that's the whole oh, It's, it's that airport. I, I like looked it up and like made sure it's it's that airport. It's, which crazy. I don't know like why. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but like. Yeah. Oh, that that is crazy. That's so. Even though it's wait, so even like the real, you know, the yeah, the live uh, action airport I mean, scene. They either filmed it at the airport or they animated the airport. But like, it's like, like I I set up the two pictures. It's it's one identical <laughs> the same airport. Yeah, that's crazy, which is weird. Yeah, because the kid's flying kites, right? He couldn't use a real airport to do this. Yeah, like he's flying kites. Like you remember that drone. In mm-hmm. the British airport, mm-hmm. like a few weeks ago, where they just shut it down for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking it was like an during... abandoned, you know, uh, airport in like some rural place in, in the US somewhere. They probably animated you know? a, maybe like a yeah. plane or something. <laughs> oh, I actually didn't connect that with whether the airport that they like live right next to. Yeah, it's got to be the same airport, or it's le- got to be at least implied. I was talk- I was just thinking. Oh, about no, so it. the animated one. Okay, yeah, the animated one makes sense. And that's actually pretty cool that they referenced that. No, the, the, the live action is also. The right. same one. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually the same airport. Huh. But I was talking about, like, they also live right next to an airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I literally just connected that it's implied that that's the airport. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I, that's a cool, that's a cool reference. Um, I don't know. Is there any connotations behind it, though? I don't know. There are, like, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely like fascist imagery, like of the the Miramount police. Like, there's like she very mm-hmm. clearly has a sense that like the, which is how it's like such a criticism of Hollywood is like if she hallucinates the like Miramount in this like in these like fascist uniforms, it's very clear that like her whole sense is that she's being like controlled by the yeah. by this um, by this company. Yeah, and, and even like the the hall. All of that, the, the speech thing, it's the speech. With the, oh, the yeah. drums and stuff, it's, it's crazy, wild. Yeah. Um, the, the performances in this movie were fantastic. We have, again, a lot of star actors. Uh, Robin, Robin Wright, uh, we have Harvey Keitel, we have Paul Giamatti, as we said. And the kid, the son, is from Slow West, which I've seen oh, recently. I've never seen that. Cody Smith McPhee. He was in Alpha that last year, in oh, that no. dog movie. Oh man, the, the man's one. first best friend. Is that the three D one? That's like no, that was the one that Sony was like pitching for literally months. Oh. Yeah, it put up before a lot of the screenings we went to. Wait. Oh yeah. Is yeah, that yeah, the yeah. one where it's like cavemen? Or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, like the boy literally falls off a cliff, and the dog like is like see how yeah. they're both injured and they both become friends. But, like the boy falls from like an astronomical cliff. <laughs> yeah, so I love, like, this should be probably dead, but I love how dog movies are a genre, you know? Dog's Ways Home, Dog's 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 Purpose. Home. Air Bud. Air Bud. Air Bud. <laughs> no, Air Bud is a genre of itself. Air Bud is a genre of itself. Uh Marley and Me, even oh though my God, yeah. sad, Marley. but man, these dog films. They're all Sometimes, yeah. Well, isn't there, wasn't there the one which had, like, there was one which had, like, uh, you know, not allegations of, of, of animal's purpose. purpose. Yeah. Dog's purpose. Oh, my God. Where, like, the dog's literally drowning. I don't know. Someone said that was taken out of context, and then someone, like, someone followed up saying 
Yeah. Here's the full video. It's not actually that bad, and I never followed up the chat to see who was right or wrong. It's you know, it's it's iffy still. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is a dog's way home. They always show those trailers before every movie, yeah. and it literally tells the whole story. Yeah, pretty came much. Home. Yeah, literally. It tells how the dog came home. <laughs> what was a dog? What was a dog spy movie with Will Arnett? Dog spy movie? Yeah, I remember John Travolta. No, that's no, no, that's. They're like talking and has like Stanley Tucci. Hold on. Wait, so it's like dogs. It really is like a category movie. Just dogs that are voiced by. Actors. They're like the dogs are police officers. Police like, officers. They're like spies and stuff. Oh, I mean, is it cats and dogs? Cats and dogs. No, 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 no. It's like best movie year. of my child. I need to oh, watch that. Man. Show dogs. Show dogs. Show dogs. Okay. Show dogs. Oh, there's no, there's no dogs in Congress, right? Like we just, like, yeah. there's no connection. Okay. No, no, wait. There was. It was. It was the actor. That's that's how he got on the team. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm oh not. wow. What? <laughs> oh, that's a cute dog. Pug life. Okay. It's got like Will Arnett in it, and like what? <laughs> they like talk to each other. I guess that works with Will Arnett. My God. Show dogs. What? Only the highest quality content on the UW Film Club yeah. podcast. Yo, there's. Have y'all wow. seen the? Uh, have y'all seen Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Oh Shaq is in it. Shaq is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills Shaq Chihuahua. Shaq has fully leaned into his mean life. Cats and Dogs: The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Oh man! God. I remember can we, these. Can we do that movies for, about uh, pets. <laughs> Marmaduke. That's another one. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yo, wait, actually, uh, this I think- This does not look normal. What I think is. Tobey Maguire is in, is in, is A in this movie. A dog movie? No, is in this movie, if I'm not mistaken. No, I guess Puss I'm in Boots? Those, wow, that is a cat. <laughs> okay, we're going back. Okay. <laughs> we're going back, we're going back. Um, yeah. Are there even dogs in this movie? No, stop, no more dogs. <laughs> <laughs> No more talking about like show dogs or anything, cats and dogs, cat dog, no more. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. It's still a good story. What did, um, what did people think of like the, you, you, I forgot, you, someone, was, someone was saying like that the, um, that the like performances are really well. One thing, yeah. <laughs> One thing I realized uh, watching it like the second time I watched it was just like how dialogue driven the movie is and just like how really like brutal some of the like speeches kind of are like the, just it opens with like this brutal speech about how like Robin Wright you suck like yeah. <laughs> and then um, the all of the um, all of Jeff the what, what's the, what's his position the, the, on the other side of, not the agent the the guy with curly the, we, are we talking about like this the, 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 the Mirror Mac, producer the Mirror Mac guy yeah that's yeah Jeff um, played by Danny Houston, who ends yeah. up playing the villain in Wonder Woman, who also that also has. <laughs> yeah. In fact. Yeah. So that I mean, all of every time he opened his mouth, it was just like a something brutal. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was just like a brutal speech about how like. Every, yeah. I don't know. And then it's a brutal speech by Kaitel, yeah. the agent, yeah. to make that her was cry. Just that was to, like, dark. Destroy. Just to send her on an emotional roller coaster so that they could get all the scans. Cause like Houston plays like a really good like Hollywood stereotype of just like this shitty producer who's like straight cut but yeah. also like money driven. Mm -hmm. 
and like Harvey Keitel like got a long history with Hollywood too and he comes off as like the agent he's just like I'm the practical dude yeah, yeah. Harvey Keitel was like the Pulp Fiction dude mm-hmm and uh, Mr. Wolf yeah mm-hmm. so like I'll be here and it's a 30 minute drive I'll be there in 10 9 minutes and 58 seconds later yeah that's the scene but like both those people have like long history in Hollywood like they're Hollywood people and mm-hmm. like you said they're like they're giving like straight cut serious dialogue yeah. about like Hollywood, yeah. so it makes me like want to reevaluate the second half of the film, where you're talking about like hallucinations, like what is reality, and like how that ties in, like what is, for me my gap is like where is that transition between this dystopian end game with her son? Because the beginning is like specific, feels like specifically about Hollywood kind of exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought it was going to go on, like, a legacy tangent of, like, what it means to, like, in Hollywood, what it what does it mean to stay forever as opposed to just, like, disposing these actors and just keeping them there. But it just got... Yeah. So my take, my take was that the, the central kind of point that, um, that drives, like, all three parts of the movies is, like, the way, um, kind of, kind of just the way, like, like profit and like just just the drive to like technologize yourself out of every problem just like leads to well a dystopia like um especially when they like bring in the lawyer who's just like fascinated with like how complicated law is with all these new contracts as opposed to being like what is what will this actually do to society kind of and then there's the scene in the in the congress itself where she says like you could have directed all of this money towards like solving my son's condition, but instead you decided to make a milkshake out of me. Like that was that was my yeah. That was that felt like the the um, unifying thing. But it's not. It, it doesn't explicitly talk about like profit motives or something. It's not like really about that. Yeah. That's that's how I yeah. Corporations are bad. <laughs> End of story. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like the transition was that harsh, personally, you know? I've always, like, I really like the, especially, you know, just as soon as you do, like, a 20 years later thing in any, in any film. Is that? That's really a good enough transition for me, to yeah. be honest. That's a new part. Uh, it, it happens, uh, it reminds me of, like, a film that I really love, yeah. one of my favorite movies, uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, have you all seen it? Yeah. Nope. No, okay, no spoilers, <laughs> but basically there's a time skip there, and at first you get uh, annoyed as to why there's a time skip, but at the end of the movie, yeah. it's better. You kind of get what they were going yeah. for. That's I don't think I was actually like annoyed by the time skip, I was just more confused, like, I, I just yeah. anticipated the theme going one way, and then it mm. just kind of drops it, mm. almost, and then kind of picks up on something else, and I feel like... That's like the gap that Greg is talking about. I kind of felt the same way watching it. And maybe it's better if I rewatch it and s- just focus on the sun and the. Because, like, now I know where the end point is. Like, I know yeah. where the end game yeah. is, right? So it's like kind of like watching Memento again. Like, I know yeah. where the end game is, and I'm going to rewatch it with this new. Uh, with this new, like, pair of glasses on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm on. Like, there was this scene that makes sense now. Like, remember when she first gets to the hotel and she starts, like, banging her head against the glass mirror mm-hmm. she sees something else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what is Like, what is that? It was because she has a different reality on her, right? She's seeing yeah. 
this false reality that's not actually there and it's like what she's perceiving but if like when i first saw that i'm like what the <clears throat> fuck is going on here <laughs> yeah. yeah so like you have to like now you have to like reevaluate what's going on in the film mm -hmm. and like i guess <sighs> what's the word i guess retroactively uh like deduct what you take from it right yeah yeah because now i know that it's not solely focused yeah. on the Hollywood aspect, right? I mean, yeah. it kind of transfers in because you think it's going, you think it's going into this like huge, the Congress where it's like everyone's there, you see all these imagery of like Hollywood people and you think it's gonna keep going. Mm. But then it kind of gets onto this, especially with John Hamm's sequence where he started talking about the dreams and stuff. Yeah. Then it starts getting into this very psychological, like perceptual. Uh, also like, just like philosophy, like yeah. whether, yeah. whether mm -hmm. If we if we could make a drug, that I think that was what initially attracted me to this is yeah. this question of like if we could make a drug that just like could basically make us control exactly like what we perceive, if it could like make us happy, like would that be a good idea? Would it work? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, and it doesn't really. Actually, I'm curious. Like, do you guys feel like at in the end, does it actually come out against one of those realities, like the truth, the like what it calls like the truth side, versus the like hallucinated side um i don't know if it basically for me like the the whole thing boils down to uh the first 20 years you know the abraham stuff that fucked everything mm. up and so the solution at the end was this uh, miracle drug that was just given to everyone i think that, like because that was like the only option i think that kinda? probably yes because it's the yeah. only option there's no other thing they could have done you know, so that's what they made it out to be. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it wasn't really taking a side necessarily. It was just showing, oh, yo, this might happen. And I feel like that's kind of what it was doing with the whole movie. Just, hey, what's going to happen 20 years in the future? Yeah. It's out there, but it's like... it's like, inevitable. Yeah. It's just like a very, you know, wild interpretation, but it's not necessarily completely off base, you know? Yeah. So uh, in the next 20 years as well, that's supposed to show another change, you know, a, a generation shift, basically. Yeah. How much can change in a, in a generation? So let's do final thoughts. Uh, I guess I'll kick it off. This film is not an easy watch because you need to rewatch it. I feel you either have to rewatch it, you have to see it twice to get yeah. the whole picture, or you have to watch with a, like a very precise notion of what you think this film is going into it. Mm. Yeah. Um, at times, I feel like it can be weighed down by its own premise, but uh, it's a very introspective notion of like Hollywood and also kind of your own personal uh, dealings, I guess. Because by the end of it, Robin Wright's trying to assess her own reality. Yeah. And like how she comes to deal with her, like she may be washed up, but like how do you come to terms with that? So mm -hmm. uh, maybe in the near future, I'll rewatch it. On Prime, it's on yeah. Prime, yeah. you'll keep oh, it. Oh, yes. cool. it's also on Voodoo for free. Yeah, well, Voodoo, Voodoo has free, ads. But it has ads. ads yeah. It's lame. Yeah. That sucks. Um, yeah. My final thoughts on this film. I mean, I'm kind of more on the same side as Greg, where I think I'm gonna need to rewatch it to kind of gather myself for the whole thing, because hmm. I think I said before, like at times in the movie, I felt just out of it, because like I there was just so much going on that like my brain just 
kind of refused to think about it too much anymore. <laughs> um, but I mean, it feels like one of those movies that it's almost there for me, you know, like it's almost clicking, but it just mm. hasn't got there. So I think a rewatch is something I need to do, but it's a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a gorgeous film. It is. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, I love this movie because it's gorgeous as, as was just said. Uh, also, I did rewatch it actually. This is, uh, uh, I've watched it twice because I was actually, I, I really loved it the first time around, but that's because I really loved the visuals and I really wanted mm -hmm. to show people what can be done with animation when it's not just tied down to a uh, simple narrative generally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so the rewatching made the story clearer for me. Uh, that is. Mm -hmm. True, I do agree that a rewatch will make it better, uh, but I, you know, I still love the movie from the start, and I just liked it even more after the second time I watched it. Yeah. Going, or just going off the narrative point, it's interesting to see like this narrative is clearly like very low concept. Like you try to sell this to like a Hollywood director. Imagine like the meta, right? Of trying to get this produced anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like you're shitting on. Probably they probably didn't go straight to Paramount. It's like, hey, here's this no. critique of you guys' like, <laughs> shitty practices. Miramount. Miramount Studios. I was a derivative of Alamo Draft House. Uh, draft House films. So it's like a subsidiary of that. Well, you said, so I've heard that, I've only heard that word, uh, low concept, from another episode of this podcast. So what is it actually, what's low concept? Oh, the last one. Low concept, of, it's kind of, it sounds backwards. Low concept is a film that is not sold on its premise. So if you say like, uh, let's see here, jaw, mm, Jurassic Park. It's a high okay. concept film. It's like there's dinosaurs on an island. And they because go the there. concept is it's selling is first kind of yeah okay. If you like this movie, snakes on a plane is a perfect example. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, snakes yeah, yeah. on a plane. <laughs> it's literally the most peak high concept movie you can imagine. Low concept means it's dealing with a lot of more complex notions, themes, ideas, and it's not like you're not going to see this movie because you're like it's not like Robin Wright gets high. <laughs> something like that. So that's what I mean. It, it's, it's, it sounds reverse. Yeah, it sounds yeah. in reverse because when someone I misused low like, concept sounds like low, like low like brow. You don't yeah. need to think low about brow. it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, low concept, high brow. Okay. Yeah, I kept. I used the terms in reverse for like probably yeah. a good year, and then someone used high concept to describe a film that was like very low brow and went, yeah. using it wrong. And then I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, uh, I was wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's too so. Okay. Uh, yeah, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I really like this movie. Uh, not actually because, like, I, I think it is, like, really gorgeously done. Um, but the reason I like it is just, like, the questions it opens up um, and doesn't even necessarily answer, I think, are, like, questions that, like society is going to have to really start thinking about and has kind of started thinking about in the ensuing years as like technology really accelerates um like across the board so yeah yeah like the black mirror yeah <laughs> cultural representation of technological fears yeah. because like they're yeah uh, going off jeremy's point about like this is starting to become more of a threat it's like a, the the fact that you can scam people is a more of a smaller notion in mm -hmm. the film. It's a mm -hmm. more of a driving of the 
the plot because it's mm. like saying what is what does that have to do with anything but it's becoming like more and more of an issue because you do have that admiral that was totally replaced in rogue one who i can't yeah. remember oh, yeah, right yeah. now yeah and tarkin tarkin, 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 tarkin yeah. right and then like he looked creepy. there's like questions like Carrie Fisher's now dead. Like they're yeah. they're not doing. They're not gonna recreate her like they did in, in Rogue One for that brief sequence. But those uh, well no, but they did they did for um, the last Star Wars episode. She like died and then she like used her magic powers and came back on the ship, didn't she? But that's like more. That was of, like, the she yeah, that's like, they, like could have killed her off and then she, did she die? No, she no, didn't die. She didn't she's, die. Yeah. Which is probably a mistake because I like a, yeah. I like the idea that like Wait. you're killing off the Wait, whole guard. So, I like the idea yeah, where you're yeah, like, yeah. on We gotta we gotta ask. Just like, um, what do you think of the last Jedi? Oh god. This is like oh, the god. thing where like every week we talk about the last Jedi and some notion or yeah. massive yeah. anything, and we always try to like oh, coax someone on. Like, oh, and Spider Man, I need to plug that in. But we're doing the Spider Man. I don't know. All I know is they need to make a good Star Wars film just for the sake of society. <laughs> it just like didn't connect with other movies. Yeah, it's not it's not good for me. Yeah. I, just, I, I just didn't like it straight up. I was I, I was in line for that, you know, for that film. Even though I didn't really want to be, I'm not that big of a Star Wars film a fan. Oh, and I hated it. This is this is something I was, I was wondering. Have you do you guys know the uh, the book um, Sapiens? No. By Yuval Noah Harari. So he's this, he's this um, Israeli, like, kind of anthropologist or historian, and he wrote a book on, like, human history, and he kind of ends it in, like, a future-facing way, where he's like, here are all these technologies, here's how they're going to totally fuck with our concepts of, like, self and, like, all this stuff. And then he wrote another book called Homo Deus, which, like, oh, for that. Feels, like feels like this movie. It's like... Here's the technology. Here's how it could completely fuck shit up. <laughs> um, Check it out. It, uh, it connects. Yeah, I don't know. It connects with this movie a lot for me. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at UW Film Club, on Instagram and Twitter at Film, Film Club, Club UW. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we have new episodes of the podcast every Monday on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google, Google Play, Play. Uh, if you're an Android person. Um, use our Audible link, our MeUndies, our WeTransfer, our... What's the other one? Someone help me out. Amazon Smile, Freshly, Caster Mattresses. Squarespace. Yeah. The Winx one, the WMT. Winx, 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 Winx. Oh, yes. Movement watches. Movement watches. Mac, Mac Weldon. Please <laughs> use all of our links and stuff. Support Dollar the show. Shave Club. Sponsor us. <laughs> uh, what else? Please like, rate, comment, or subscribe, all that jazz. You know, yeah. that basic. Uh, five. This is a five star podcast. Yeah. Anybody who, sells, who says otherwise is lying. <laughs> But that should do it from us. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for coming on this episode. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, so without further ado, signing off. Bye. Thanks.